0: Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Medical Sports Nutrition Podcast with myself Dr. Andrew Matheson. I hope you've had a good week. Um, We've got a varied uh, podcast today. We're going to follow up on a few things from the last one that uh, I've been thinking about, uh, then cover a couple of articles, and, and then move on just to scratch a a bit of an itch that I often have about sweeteners and how they don't quite make sense and how we use them doesn't quite make sense in my head. The first was just uh, following on from the uh, keto diet um, in soccer players that we had uh, talked about and I I had came away uh, a little bit negative about it saying that Okay, it shows that it's safe, you can lose weight and you can maintain certain aspects of your performance, but that actually didn't really, for me, demonstrate you can maintain your football performance Uh, and that the athletes weren't elite athletes, so what what could I take from it? And I was chatting with one of my colleagues uh, and they almost kind of flipped that on its head and said that actually... This article is far more useful because of the athletes it was looking at. Um, there's this idea that most of what performance nutrition and sports nutrition and the papers do uh, are trying to kind of guess what's what's that next little um, bit to break through for elite performers. But actually most people are not elite performers and most of our clients are probably just at the level below and actually what this showed was that slightly uh sort of late 20s athletes with higher fat content do really well with a keto diet and that kind of fits back into this um, idea that what what works for our actual patients, what works for a lot of the sort of people, certainly that make up a lot of my practice, uh, which will be people that aren't quite at the top end, but are hoping to improve or hoping to kind of relive uh, days when they were were more productive. And and actually, again and again, I have people come in and say, keto's really working for me. My I have a clarity of thought. The weights dropped off. And actually my performance isn't bad and that's really what we probably should have concluded from that uh, trial was that actually this will really suit lots of our um our clients our patients the um the next thing uh was just uh, moving on from the uh the omega-3 discussion, um, one of the side effects that I'm sure many of you will noticed I didn't mention was this idea that uh, AF seems to be higher in people that take higher doses of omega-3 fatty acids. And I was reminded of that omission by an article in the Circulation magazine called Effect of Long-Term Marine Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplementation on the Risk of Atrial Fibrillation in Randomised Control Trials of Cardiovascular Outcome, a Systemic Review and Meta-Analysis. And it was a meta-analysis of a number of RCTs and coming out again saying that AF is associated with long-term omega-3 fatty acid supplementation. Now, for, for most doctors, that feels quite alarming because we say, well, we know AF is associated with increased risk of stroke. But I suppose what I couldn't find in that article, and I haven't been able to find, is is the AF that we see in people with increased... Um, uh, you. The omega-3 intake associated with increased AF risk because we, we know from the other studies we were discussing that actually there's a drop in mortality and cardiovascular mortality in people with higher intakes of omega-3. So wh- how can that be? What What's going in? Why is this AF that's increased not then leading to an increase in strokes in these morta- long mortality studies? Um, and it just feels again like uh, there's a there's an area we don't quite get, um, so uh, missed that out from the last one. But a nice nice article in circulation and, and a good reminder for me. And moving on, so the first article that I want to look at is a probiotic article. And it pulls in a couple of areas of, uh, that have just exploded in the last few years. One is that the probiotic idea, and the other is this uh, omics idea. And this is uh, it's a metabolomic profiling uh, paper. So omics, this idea that modern um, uh, sort of laboratory methods, rather than just test one. Variable can actually just almost sweep a net and pick out lots of different chemical changes and then the difficulty is not then saying have we managed to measure this one thing or not it's looking at what we found in this big wide net looking at all the changes in various chemicals uh, within the serum whatever you're measuring and then looking later on in comparing and this would never have been possible 10-15 so years ago because of the, the volume of data that these these uh, uh, methods produce and the powerful computers that are required to kind of tease out and um, uh, make sense of all this sort of signal and noise um, and anyone involved in in this will be aware that when you when you read a lot of these omics papers there's there's always a mathematician amongst the authors and and lots of them have computing backgrounds. So this article was, um, it had uh, a number of the guys that give uh, lectures on the diploma I did there, James Morton, Graham Close, it was called Four Weeks of Probiotic Supplementation Alters the Metabolic Perturbations Induced by Marathon Running, Insight from Metabolomics. So they they took twenty four runners. uh, They gave uh, sort of blinded them to either receiving a multi strain probiotic. Always good to see that it's multi strain um, rather than single strain. Although, uh, would fermented foods as an addition be even more interesting? But uh, yeah, it's multi strain probiotic versus a placebo. And after 28 days, they um, they did a competitive marathon race, then took some blood samples and some muscle biopsy samples. And what they found when they analysed them by sort of the untargeted metabolomics method was that uh, they didn't find much difference in the muscles, um biopsies in these metabolomic profiles, um, but they did find a difference in the venous blood samples uh, and there were more changes in the placebo group than there were in the probiotic group. And uh, as with a lot of these papers where they're right on the edge of our understanding, they didn't really try and push any particular conclusion. Uh, they, they then went to discuss well what, what could this mean? Um, and their, their thoughts were this idea that, um, and we sort of start to see it more and more, it, it's this kind of what goes on in the gut when we train, what happens when the gut gets all a bit leaky and irritated, and actually does that drive a lot of the kind of inflammatory response to, 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 to running and to hard running. Uh, and it is that there's all sorts of things going on, um, for example, research at the moment looking, is that then linked to worsening heat illness, high rate of infection, um, yada, 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 um, And what they feel is that what the effect of the probiotics was going to be was that it's had a sort of protective effect um, on the gut um, and they then kind of pushed that on to rather than just be that would be enough to uh, mean that different metabolites would be seen in the blood uh, because less inflammation, they said that actually that would then allow improved carbohydrate absorption for longer. Um, and now that's like, oh, okay, that's quite an interesting idea. Maybe because we're always thinking of ways of kind of improving the duration of an Level of carbohydrate absorption, whether or not it's you know, you're training the gut or pouring gels down and the amount of gel you can tolerate or mixing up a bit of glucose and fructose to get all those transporters firing, so they were saying, well, maybe this is a way this could work um, and it certainly it sounds a reasonable idea, but uh, probably uh, also a very a very sellable idea doesn 't it um, I'm sure lots of people will, will buy into that. Um, in the running community um so interesting the the only disappointment really from this was i would have been fascinated to see what the uh runners um microbiome might have done throughout and how much of a change there was and could you detect um who responded to the probiotic with a change in their microbiome and were they more likely then to be what someone that got more of a change in this metabolomics Uh, i don't know if that's work that will come out later and and this is just the start of a number but um really interesting idea and uh, are we all just going to start drift towards saying look if you want to improve your carbohydrate absorption you, you need a probiotic um Will it change what I do? Probably not, because I suggest everyone takes one anyway. If, they, if they're they not someone that can be bothered to do their own fermented foods, which would be preferable, then a probiotic would be the next option. Um, most of the reason I suggest that's to do with this uh, aim of, of reducing upper respiratory tract infections in people that train and are around lots of others and in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but this this looks like another reason. So uh yeah lovely article there reading through this prompted me to to go back and remind myself about another interesting study um and uh it was called gut microbiota targeted diets modulate human immune status in cell uh journal and and there they it wasn't so much a sports one but they just took some uh, high fiber diet and then some fermented foods, and looked to see whether or not you'd get this. Because essentially the same changes. So whether or not giving food for the bacteria, or whether or not just putting in the bacteria, would have more of an effect. And, and while I was re- I was reading it, because I was thinking, well. Um, I wonder what would have happened if they, if those athletes had a high fiber diet. I wonder if they'd had fermented food. I wonder if they'd ha- had these other arms as well as just the probiotic multi strain probiotic arm uh, would have been wonderful to have seen. Um, maybe maybe that's that's the next one to come. But the really interesting thing about that cell article was that um, actually the the. Impacts of the high fiber diet and the high fermented food diet weren't the same, and I, I'd expected them to be pretty similar. Uh, you give the food for to change your microbiome to the bacteria, or you just give new bacteria. Will there be that much difference? Um, and, and there was, and, and when you uh, and there's a Stanford study, and and when you read the kind of uh, sort of things that the the authors put out afterwards, they talked about well, actually. Is the is it that fermented foods have an more of an anti-inflammatory effect than just high fibre, um, and why not? That might be, and obviously lots of poor work going on, I imagine. But uh, yeah, worth a worth a look as well. That um, if if you're reading around that subject. Sorry, right. Uh, but now we are going to move on to the next point, and and this is on sweeteners. So sweeteners is is one where um, call it it causes me an itchy head, a cognitive dissonance. Um, I, I can't ever quite wrap my head around sweeteners. Um, and re- going back through it all and reading around was prompted by a particular article I'll come to later. But just to explain why I struggle so much with it, I suppose it's I can't think of many foods that I don't end up recommending for people if they can take a food first approach that don't contain sweeteners Um, and just to prove it to myself again I went on the inform for sport website and tried to see how many of the whey protein examples for example I could find that didn't have sweeteners in Uh, and I couldn't find many I could find four Um, anyone who can manage to do better is very welcome to to correct me Um, but the mass majority of them have sweeteners and and that's kind of true for almost Everything we have, even the the sort of sugar gels you'll look they will have uh, a sweeteners in as well uh so what I guess the the reason I worry about sweeteners i mean there's a, a few different kind of things in the history of sweeteners that that give you pause for thought um, We're all aware of the issues in the past um, and the FDA concerns over cancer risk and and okay, I think most of us are comfortable that that's that's now been disproved, but uh, it it still sits at the back of your head a little bit. the next kind of thought I, I always have is uh, I'll read out the name so you got it. so it was a study called Artificially Sweetened Beverages and Stroke, Connery Heart Disease and All-Cause Mortality in the Women's Health Initiative, um, and this is the one that probably makes me pause the most, um, and it's it essentially says it's a. The Women's Health Initiative study, um, observational kind of cohort of I think 100,000 women um, over kind of 10 year period, and, and they said the higher intake of uh, ASBs, um, so artificial uh, sweetened beverages, was associated with increased risk of stroke, um, in, in particularly small artery subtype and coronary heart disease, and/or cause mortality. Um, so that. Ever since reading that, I always that article um, recommend people look at it. Um, I've always kind of uh, people that warned people off about. Okay, yeah, I appreciate you're having a diet drink because you're trying to be more healthy, but are you aware of that study? Um, especially my kind of colleagues in A and E who seem to to live off um, sweetened beverages, artificially sweetened beverages. Um, and then uh, with the, so the microbiome bit, there was the next thing that kind of gives me pause for thought, because um, in, uh, I'll just grab it up, it was 2018 uh, that first really became more aware of that. I'll just find the article. Here we go. So the name of the article, it was in PLOS 1. It was published in 2018. It was non-nutritive sweeteners possess a bacteriostatic effect and alter gut microbiota in mice. Uh, and essentially, there was this, the first kind of uh, shot across the bow that actually uh, so sweetness seemed to have quite an impact uh, on the microbiome um uh then rec- uh, probably another n- nice review so sort of summarizing it was um uh called Effective sweeteners on gut microbiota um review of experimental uh, in study trials and and then we're now at the point where we can sort of break down how all the different types of sort of synthetic sweetener um, um and non-nutritive and etc um, might interact on the different gut microbiota, um, but it, it doesn't seem to be in a, a positive way. Now, um, I, I think this 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 came to it back into my head because of the I the article I want to to sort of mention, which was called "Artificial Sweeteners: History and New Concepts on Inflammation." And I suppose on the background of all this thought about fermented foods and your microbiome and how we can reduce the inflammatory response. This is basically a really interesting review article going through the kind of history of of sweeteners, and now just introducing this idea that it may be that artificial sweeteners have uh, induced changes in the gut bacteria or in the gut wall with immune reactivity that could have quite a negative effect on certain groups of patients, in particular those with sort of inflammatory bowel disease now the The reason it make, then makes you think as well if it 's having a inflammatory effect on them how about other people that's uh, where we work quite hard to kind of reduce the amount of, of inflammation in the bowel for example our sportsmen Um, So, uh, if I'm being completely honest, I'm still working my way through this uh, article. It's uh, not the quickest and and easiest read. uh, and Lots of having to Google terms. Uh, So, yeah, everyone, let me go. uh, Let me know what you uh, what you think of it and what your thoughts are. Right, well that's um that's all we're covering uh, this episode um, I hope you've enjoyed that hope uh, you're enjoying the podcast uh, please do send me messages through the Facebook or post on the Facebook page uh, if you've got any questions or thoughts uh, really uh, uh, do appreciate getting any feedback I uh, hope you have a super weekend and you know just get some good training in